You know, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I like an upgrade. Who likes an upgrade? When we shifted to our new home and <clears throat> we got our internet going, and not long after that, they said, um, uh, would you like to upgrade to fiber? What? Who doesn't want to upgrade to fiber for the same price? It is just beautiful. Uh, when I started working here, then uh, Pastor N said, you know, uh, PJ, there is a phone attached to, uh, you know, to, to your position. And uh, also well, already got a phone. Oh, no, said Pastor Inns, you can have an upgrade. And I think Pastor Inns was more excited about the upgrade than I was. <laughs> Some years ago, Yelp and me uh, we were overseas and, uh, you know, I'm sure some of you believed and hoped or prayed for an upgrade. Any? No? Well, we have, anyway. And so we were in Singapore or Hong Kong, I can't remember, on our way back home, and um, we checked in very early because that's how I'm wired. Uh, Go be early, you know, and so then a, a lady of, you know, the, came to us and said, can I have a word with you? Um, we are thinking and giving you some kind of an upgrade. And the only word we heard was upgrade. So we knew, oh gosh, it's going to be heaven. Going with, uh, flying home and upgrade. Well, she said, you know, uh, it's like that. Um, the, the flight is overbooked. And uh, so some of the people need to go on another flight like tomorrow. Um, and so that means we're going to put you up in a hotel, pay all your food and dinner and all of that, and on top of it, $500 each. Man, we thought, that is really good. Because when you are coming home from a holiday, $500 extra is just really cool. So Yelp and me were in anticipation. She said, you just go to the gate as normal, and when it comes to, you know, boarding, uh, then uh, you will find out if uh, your upgrade is needed. And so we thought, well, we're not going to jump right in uh, first in the plane. You know, we just wait. And you know what? They never called us up. It was such a bummer. Because we were so psyched up. You know, even our heart was even going faster because, you know, this was the moment for us to get an upgrade. It never happened. Anyway, this morning, I, I, I'm going to offer you an upgrade, not because of my words, but by the Word of God. Um, you know, to upgrade your thinking network. And, you know, we had a preaching about Revive for uh, quite a few Sundays now, which is all about our thoughts and how we think and stuff like that. But today, I, this is our last message, I really want you to consider to take up this upgrade. Uh, I know upgrade is quite a fancy word because the Bible doesn't use, use upgrade. The Bible used from glory to glory, from strength to strength. And that is what really the Word of God is offering us today to have an upgrade, to go from strength to strength, in our thinking, in, in our, our thinking network. And, you know, we all need an upgrade. I'm, I'm, every day I need an upgrade in my thinking because it, it makes such a difference the way we think. So I just got my beautiful Bible out. 
And it says that, um, you know, we're all born with a free will, and which is beautiful of God that we have a free will. So we can think what we like. We can choose what we like. Uh, and, uh, and that is truly wonderful. I mean, children would love that, wouldn't it? And that's why we try to control our children, that they're not uh, having all the free will in the world. Uh, but for us, you know, we are allowed to think what we like and to choose what we like. But it comes with a huge responsibility because we can think all kinds of things, all kinds of weird things, bizarre things, lies. You know, we, can, we get an opportunity to think everything we like. But it says, it is what science says, the brain controls the body, but our mind controls the brain. That is just marvelous. I mean, God knew that all along, but science finally is catching up. And so for the mind to function really, really well, it needs to be controlled by our mind. And so whatever you put into your mind, it will have an effect how you do life. And then it says in the Old Testament, it says, this day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death. And choose life so that you and your children may live. Choosing life is just so much better than choosing death. And you think, well, I'm not choosing death. I don't want to die. Our mind chooses quite often death more than we think. But Jesus wants us to, God wants us to choose life. Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. And our biggest decision in life is choose life for Jesus. That is our totally, our optimal decision to choose life. But all during our days and our months and years, we make choices all the time to choose life. It says that our thoughts build memories and they look like trees. So if we have healthy thoughts, healthy trees. That reminds me of that verse that said, if we meditate on the word of God in Psalm 1, then we are a tree that's planted by the stream of water. So that's what the word of God is just wonderful. And it says, negative thoughts produce an imbalance of the chemicals in our brain. And because your brain, our brain is not wired for that, uh, it produces a toxic tree. And a toxic tree looks pretty dead. So every negative thought or, 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 or all kinds of thoughts that we have that are not pleasing to God, not pleasing to life, uh, they are making a tree in your brain that doesn't really look good. So too much focus on negative things or mindsets that are not really healthy or strongholds that dominate or consume our life. If we hold on too long to all these things, this can lead to anxiety and depression. And I think... Thank God for that, that we know where it, how anxiety can start. Thank God that we know how depression can start. And hopefully today we just do step one. You know, there are many steps 
about anxiety and depression, and I'm not have the time this morning to go all to the ins and outs of anxiety and depression. Hopefully, we get a glimpse of it. But it starts with this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. That's where it starts. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And sometimes we just read it and we think, oh, yeah, I know that. But it is not about knowing it. It's about believing it. Because God is able to transform your mind when we came captive of our thoughts. And he said, transformed. It's not just, you know, I do a bit of a makeup or something. No, transform our thinking. There is not any other place when this word transformed is used only when we transform our mind. You know, the world has a way of thinking about doing life. And you know, although we live in it and we're influenced by it, God doesn't want us to get too influenced by the world, what they do, what they say, what they like. And, and you know, the social media is just, just full of it. But the word of God still remains the same. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, my mind. So there is a lot of questions around mental health and anxiety and depression. And I call it, it is the age of anxiety. We see it all around. I work at a junior high school as their guiding counselor on behalf of all of you. And I see young puppets, I call it, because they're young kids. And they're already suffering from anxiety about things that I didn't even think about when I was about their age. But you know, the Rewire series of Pastor Ends has confirmed that the Word of God is true. And the Word of God is powerful. Amen. And the Word of God has an answer to anxiety and depression, not only by knowing it, but actually believing it and putting it into practice. That's where your upgrade comes in. <clears throat> believing that God is able to upgrade your mind network. Because as a man thinks, so he is. You know, that is quite a profound statement. And I don't know what your thinking is like, but my thinking is not always that glorious. My thinking is not always that holy, okay? No. Sorry to disappoint you. I'm just one of you, just like you. But we have 100% control of how we think. And, and we have so much more control what we've been told. Sometimes you say, oh, well, that's how I am, and that's how I'm brought up. And, and we use all kinds of excuses the way we have mindsets about race and other things, religion, you name it. We all have mindsets that really sabotages us to do life to the full. And so when God has created that we have power and have power to overcome these things and get our mind in a better position and have an upgrade in our network. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear. True? My but, a big but, I always say it's a holy but. But, if you see a but in the Bible, 
blah, 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 and but, then you have to take notice. I call it the holy but. So here you go. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That is the truth about you. That is the truth about all of us. This is not just a nice saying. This is actually the truth. And the truth will set you actually free. When you start believing this truth, it will start to set you free. You have a powerful mind. That's what science says. And has proven that your brain is hardwired to love. Oh, well, of course we knew that. Because God is love, and that's where we come from. Of course we are wired for love. But it is the actually science term. You're wired for joy. You're wired for hope. You're wired for happiness and for love. And sometimes we feel we are wired for fear. But it is time to upgrade your network because that is not actually true. The greatest gift God has given us is your mind. It's powerful, it's sound, and it's wired for love. So every negative thought is produced. There's an imbalance in chemicals. I don't know how it all works, but we are actually not wired like that. And and that's why it just really gets us done when we are focusing on fear and are focused on anxiety. God didn't make you that way. But the devil would like to think that you are made that way. But I can tell you, he always wants to steal, rob, undermine, anything what is good, what is holy, what God has for you. But God has said, I have come to give you life and life to the fullness. And that is the truth. You know, I'm well aware that we are all on a journey ourselves. You know, there's, there's no reason today to compare ourselves, or she's there, he's there, and I'm here, and there. We are all on a journey. And it's just so important not to compare. What somebody's going through is not maybe what you're going through. We've got similarities, but we're all on a journey. And, um, and with mental health and anxiety and depression, you know, I believe that the Word of God's got an answer and the church of Jesus Christ has an answer because it's called the hope of the world. So, man, it is just incredible. I'll just tell you a story. I shared it this morning because I never really shared it anybody because actually I was too ashamed. But in our 80s, Yalta and me were here a couple of years and I became a Christian in the midst of it. And um, then Yelta uh, decided to upgrade his, um, his nursing qualifications. And so that meant that he had to go study for a year. Uh, so that meant I had to go work full-time in a psychiatric hospital that was already working there. I working full-time, shift work. We had four children at the time. Yelta was here, there, and everywhere doing all practical things. Uh, and I just... One morning, I went to the shop with my four little wee puppets and uh, to Woolworths. You remember those Woolworths shops? And uh, so, you know, all, all set to go. Took them out of school because mum was, I was obviously working all kinds of shifts. Took them out of school to have a day with mum. So all good. And 
lo and behold, it's just like a switch turned. All of a sudden, my heart started to race like anything. It was just 100 miles an hour. I don't know, just so fast. I could hear it in my throat. I just could hear it, and I felt so sick. And I thought, I'm just going to die. I'm, gonna have a, I'm just having a heart attack right here in the shop. And I was sweating, and, and it was just such a mess. And I was just so scared and so full of fear that I'm going to die right here on the spot with my four little wee poppers. And I thought, I have to get out of here. Got it out of the shop, so we left the trolley, and I threw all the kids in the car. No seatbelts these days, thank goodness. I was just in the car. And I raced myself to um, the, the doctor. And <laughs> now I laughed, but it was not funny then. <laughs> I just came into the clinic, and in those days it was a little bit more easier to get to the doctor than now. And so I raced into the doctor and I said, I'm going to die. <laughs> I was just in such a mess and such a state. And the kids, obviously, you know, because it influenced them as well. And mom is just like, <laughs> <sighs> they, were, they were anxious. And they think, oh, what on earth is on? And they were very kind to me. And so a nurse came and took our four puppets and just come on this way and you go that way. And <laughs> go and see the doctor. And doctor came and oh, he's such a nice man, Dr. Ballantyne. And he was such a kind man. And oh, my heart was just totally out of control. I was just totally losing the plot. And he said, Mrs. Dreyfout, what is going on? And now I tell the whole story, you know, this and that, and the altar's working, and I'm working, and I, you know, and, and have to do Sunday school, church, and eating, and oh, I was just, just, he said, just calm down, Mrs. Dreyfart. Just take a deep breath. A deep breath is so good, people. Take a deep breath when you're anxious. Because when you're anxious, you're, you're hardly breathing properly. And so there is no oxygen going to your brain or to your body. And so that's why it all shuts down. So take a deep breath. He said, think of a balloon, Mrs. Dreyfart. <laughs> balloon of all things. <laughs> he said, you've got four children. Think of a balloon. Think of a balloon and blow up the balloon. Imagine that you're blowing up a balloon. Yes, you all there? I tell my young students now. Imagine you. And it helps. So here I just came back, and obviously I've got a husband, and he works. He's a, he's a psychiatric nurse. So I felt, oh gosh, Lord, what will he say to me? And I was working myself there, and I think, I can't talk to anybody because they all think I'm mental. And I felt really that I was mental. I was. I was mental. I did a lot of deep breaths, I can tell you. Thousands of us. Thousands of deep breaths to calm myself down. He said, you need to tell yourself you're going to be all right. You know, self-soothe. Tell yourself it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. And obviously, um, I was a new believer, and I go into the whole Bible, finding scriptures, anything that had to do with anxiety, depression, anything, anything 
to give me some hope. And that's what got me through. Obviously, I had a very supportive husband who would not buy in me and my anxiety. So when one is down, somebody else has to be up, especially in marriage. Just give you a little clue. Uh, just memorizing the promises of God because it, that gave me hope that it would change, that it could change, it wouldn't stay like that. But in all those times, um, I was not home. And you say, what do you mean? Well, because I was always planning for the future and organizing my everything and nothing for my people and for the hospital and for this one and church. And, you know, I was just full-on job, just planning. But I was never home. Yata would call me. Earth calling Pirkje. Earth calling Pirkje. Where are you? Because I was not in the present. And that's what happens when we are anxiety and depression. We're actually not in the present. We are somewhere else with our minds. And so Yata often called me back. Earth calling Pirkje. Sometimes I call myself like that. When I'm, I'm a bit anxious or a bit worried, and I re remind myself, no, no, I need to be in the present. So you have a powerful mind. Did I already say that? Yes. Um, a comedian and a mental health ambassador, Mike King, you all know him, he was quoted to say, it's not the suicide or depression or anxiety that's killing New Zealanders. It's going through it alone and having no hope. That is profound. No hope and think you have to do life on your own. New Zealand statistics, I went to a mental health thing for church thing and there was a doctor, Andrew Darby, and he is a psychiatrist here, right here in Hamilton. He goes to the Central Baptist Church and he brought up some statistics and he said the one third of all of us attending a GP in the past year will have enough system to diagnose ourselves one form of mental illness or unwellness. And 20% of us will have a depression. 25% will have an anxiety disorder. And 12% of us will have a, another disorder. There are many disorders, you know. You name it, there is a disorder. Get this, 40% of us in our lifetime will have been mentally unwell at some stage or other. These are huge statistics. This is about us. And it is, affects people like you and me. You know, it, it, it doesn't, sometimes it just happens to any person. You know, and if you watch one of those uh, home renovations things, and, you know, I, I like, we like watching them, and, you know, and we think that it's in that beautiful cushion or that nice throw of the nice, you know, nice flowers. That is the key to the renovation job, but actually it isn't. We're fooling ourselves. If we think if we dressed well and we sound well, and we got the right shoes, we got the latest phone, and we think, you know, that might make us feel better, but it's actually fooling ourselves. Because in a home uh, renovations, it is about the eternal structures that will be able to keep a house standing. And that's the same for us. For us as believers, we are believers. 
We are followers of Christ, and that's why our internal structures need to be based on the Word of God, not what the world says or what come idea or theory. I can tell you many theories about counseling, but I have all put them aside. Thank you very much, because I believe the Word of God is true and powerful and is useful, is beneficial for all things. So, worry and anxiety itself is a normal way of being, you know. Um, so our body responds to a threat or a perceived threat um, in the environment. And every one of us feels anxious sometimes. And I mean, it happens to us all. You'll be a liar today if you said, no, not me. No, 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 I'm fine. Well, it is normal to get anxious at times. But there is nothing in the world that can cause more trouble to you than what is happening in your mind. And, um, and every cell of your body, you know, that you know that every cell of your body is connected to your heart, and your heart is controlled by your brain, but your mind controls the brain. No wonder my heart was going 10,000 miles an hour because it had enough. The body said, I have enough, stop it. I had enough, and that's why my heart was just totally went ballistic. You know, if we struggle with depression, we don't have to look further than the Word of God. And then we know that David struggled at many times with depression. He often said, you know, to himself, why is my, oh, I'm so downcast. Why is my soul so downcast? And, and, and at times he said, oh, please, God, search my anxious thoughts. You know, he, 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 he was quite an emotional guy, but he was a man after God's heart. That gives me hope. You know, what about Elijah? I mean, he was just, he's just one of the greatest prophets that was around. But at some stage, he was even thinking of uh, bringing an end to it all because something got caught in his mind. And he magnified it in such a way that he felt that he had to find a way out. What about Martha? Poor Martha. You know, she was working really hard to get this meal for Jesus on the plate and blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, she wanted some support from, from Jesus and Mary and all of that. And you know, Jesus put her nicely into place and said, Mary, you worry about many things. And she did. But Mary... Martha's worried about many things. And, but Mary chose the better thing. I love that. So, where do we start? Just the normal start. You know, I, we can go in all kinds of mental health things and stuff, but where do we start as believers? And I think, you know, when we go to Matthew 6, it's, you all heard it before, but we need to start at the beginning where, where anxiety can, can come on the scene. And it is so. On 26, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about life, what you will eat and drink, or about your body you will wear. And life is more than food, and cell phones, social media, and the body more than clothes. Look what the birds of the air, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, but yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And not much more valuable than they, can you not, any of you be worrying and add a single hour or a minute to your life? No. Yeah. Therefore, 
Do not worry about tomorrow. You don't have the strength for today, for tomorrow. You know, no wonder I was exhausted because I did not have the strength to do all these planning and organizing and flopping things. I did not have the strength for that. I only got strength for today, to do the work for today. Each day has enough trouble of its own, and we would say amen to that. You know, your mind is, can do so many things, and I just wrote something down, but I, what I thought my mind is sometimes doing. You know, it can create solutions and analyze and memorize, meditate, speculate, uh, forward thinking about the future, backward thinking about the past, Ooh, that's a big one, um, negative thinking, everything personalizing, magnifying, paranoid, we can focus, we can ruminate, we can scan, uh, it's endless. This is what our mind is able to do. And the Word of God is really keep your mind focused on Christ. It says, and then you will have peace. But none of us don't do that. Because worry is a conversation with yourself. You are just consumed with yourself and your situation. And I know there is a time and a place for it. But you cannot change anything by yourself. If, if that was the truth, you had done it already a long time ago. So, and you cannot plan the future out because it's not there yet. So are you preoccupied with past or future? You know, I had my fair share of both, both sides. A peace of mind can only be found when we think of in the present. That's when God can bring you peace. You know, we sometimes ask, you know, oh God, just come, be present. Sometimes God has taught me, and where are you? I'm present all the time. Where are you? Are you present with me? So what do we do? We demolish those arguments and all these things that I've been talking about, and pretensions, because they set themselves up against you, but also said she said up about God. And he said, take captive of every thought. And I know, we've got so many thoughts going and running in our, but choose one. You know, the thought that is the most strongest thought in you that does not bring you life. Choose that thought. Take captive of that thought and submit it to God. So you know, worry can become stress, worry can become anxiety, it becomes depression, and you know, and before we know, we are too far along the road. You know, a mindset, many of us have mindsets, and some of our mindsets are not really healthy. They are quite destructive and toxic to us because there is an attitude connected to it, there's emotions connected to it, and it generates a particular view uh, how we see things and how we do life. I just pray that God shows you some of your mindsets about things that are not really true, they're not really right, they're not really holy. And then he says, you know, be anxious for nothing. That is this way. Be anxious for nothing. And then there's a holy but again. But in everything, not for everything, in everything, with thanksgiving, 
Let your request be known to God. He wants to know. He knows already what the state of your mind is. He does. But he wants you to humble yourself and say, God, I have this thing, this thought. You know, and it could be pride and it could be lust and it could be bitterness or forgiveness or anything like that. But just you need to call it out of the darkness into light and bring it before God. And thanksgiving, you can have so many things to thank for. for. So even if you're anxious, just start with thanking God what you wear, your shoes. I mean, I just called everything under the sun to just be thankful to get my mind on God. And it gives us a clue. It says, you know, think about things, what is true. Because the devil loves to go when we have a stronghold. He loves to come on board. We open up doors in our mind and then the devil really hijacks us, sabotages us, consumes us, overwhelms us because we're not closing those doors. We're not taking captive of those thoughts. He said, think of anything that is true, that is honest, that are just, that are pure. There are so many examples how you can make your mind allowed your mind to think for an upgrade. Uh, this year we had these night services, and and um, and some of my young friends, uh, I got permission to to say that this morning. My young friend Courtney, she uh, she did a testimony about the life of her and her worries, and um, and then obviously that. She gave us a, an incredible insight how we can change from worry, become a prayer warrior. Because as it says, you know, bring your request before God. So you can stay here and worry till you get sick. You get sick in your body, but choose today the upgrade and choose to become a prayer warrior and bring everything under obedience of God. And if you choose that, you don't choose it just for yourself, but you choose it for your marriage, you choose it for your family, you choose it for our nation. We need prayer warriors. We can worry till the cows come home, but it's not going to bring you any, any fruit. You get sick. Second, your mind, second, your body. Ah, I could, I'm not going there because there is no time. I got out of my anxiety, panic season. But you know, sometimes it comes on the scene again. I recognize it now in myself. When I get a little bit worked up about something or somebody. And then we have a ch choice. You have a choice to commit that thing to God and say, God, yell to me, do it often. Because some things that consume us or sometimes that worries us so much. And then I say, we, we need to stop talking about it. Let's pray. Let's pray. Humble ourselves. Lord, we haven't got an answer, but we give it to you. And believing that you are more than able to do exceedingly well. Lord, this is our heart. 
we cast our anxiety and our worries to you. You know, if you need more encouragement, Rick Warren said, you know, his son died of suicide. He was only 27, struggled his whole life with mental, mental health and mental illness and all of that. And he said, if you struggle with a broken brain, you should not be more ashamed than you have a broken heart. There's no shame. Not in Christ Jesus, but we put shame on ourselves and we put it on other people. And it is no sin to take meds. And I'm not really a, a pro-med person, but if you need it, just have it. It is not sin to get help. You know, two is better than one. Why? Because when one is down, the other one can pick them up. And really, that is really what we as a church doing and keep, should be keep doing it all the time to be connected. I love what Mike uh, King said. At the start, I said, you know, the two things that are major contribu contributors when people are thinking of ending their lives. Isolation and hopelessness. That is a big thing. Don't get isolated. Just pick up that phone. Give somebody a text. Give me a ring. Don't do life on your own. We're not meant to do life on our own. We are meant to do it in connection with God. Get strongly connected to God. Get connected to other people. That's where our connect groups come in. You know, get connected to people because they can help you up. And we also specialize in hope because we got Jesus. He is our hope. And we can put hope in Him. And the Bible says hope anchors us. That is just so profound. It is hope that anchors us. And so today, if you are here today, you know, find yourself some Bible verses that is really helpful for you, that instills hope in you, that helps you to calm your mind down and hope that things are getting better.